0: champions of the world you are listening to great matters here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor my name is Dick Whaley
1: and I'm Jim Dwyer and I don't
0: know if there are going to be any champions tomorrow but I, it's kind of amazing to see the, the Donald back in Donald form arrogant saying foolish things And I heard that there was a cow on the loose up on M14 today between Ford Road. Oh, really? And M14. Uh,
1: Traffic's not uh, bad enough up there. Yeah, apparently there was a
0: a mishap up there connected to the cow. And I thought, oh, my goodness. The cow found out that Donald Trump has named his running mate (laughs) and is headed for the hills. Doesn't want to be associated with Donald Trump. So uh that cow, which was probably at the petting zoo, uh <laughs> bolted. <laughs> He's been retrieved apparently
1: or Trump hasn't in fact named a running mate though. Has right? not named a running mate, but uh I mentioned Unlike it. Ted Cruz's desperation yes, move. Exactly. Which uh w- wow, what a desperation move. Well and to name Fiorini, who really
0: has proven to be kind of a mediocre uh public figure with controversial connections to all the layoffs she uh undertook while chairman of a- hewlett-packard back in california uh i don't know if this was a blatant appeal to the so-called woman card that trump mentioned in his uh rather bizarre uh
1: victory speech on uh, when is it not about her being the woman
0: yeah well it's uh, it was a strange comment um And demonstrates that Trump is back to arrogance again. I don't know why he's campaigning uh, around Indiana with Bobby Knight. I realize uh, Bobby Knight was a basketball coach there, but he left under a cloud, to say the least. He's a
1: temper. He's got anger control issues. (laughs) Well, that's why seeing him side by side on the podium made so much sense. Angry shouters. I mean, Trump hasn't thrown any chairs. Not yet. But I I expect that he just might, yeah.
0: Well, he probably will when he reads the election returns in November. And, of course, it's no guarantee that he's even going to be the nominee. He's obviously in the driver's seat, but uh, Ted Cruz is working those conventions and those um, state delegations uh, like nobody's business. Uh, it's interesting to note, even though Trump won Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, as Tom Ridge, uh, who uh, was endorsing John Kasich, pointed out, it's a beauty contest. Uh, we have a state convention. That's how we pick our delegates. That's what the rules are. Yes, you get a few delegates for winning Pennsylvania, but them's the rules. And as for Donald Trump's uh, foreign policy speech that was on. Uh, un- of, un- her- unfurled at, uh, you know, major foreign policy speech by Donald Trump. He said nothing, and uh, I'd like to point out that it is factually false that Donald Trump opposed the war in Iraq. Oh, those pesky interviews. There he is on tape with uh, shock jock Howard Stern, supporting the invasion of Iraq. So uh, his claims now that he opposed this
1: uh, are false. Well, you know, it was all well and good to say what he did uh, about Jeb Bush's brother. Those were all accurate comments. Sure. The intention was, of course, to drub Jeb out of the the race. That's a good phrase. Um, And that succeeded. Uh, But as you point out, uh, that never meant he was ever against the war.
0: And, of course, the week featured, you know, Ted Cruz pulling a kind of a Ronald Reagan. Uh, Reagan, of course, named uh, Richard Schweiker, a liberal Republican from the senator from Pennsylvania at the time. As his running mate ahead of the convention. Back in a time when there actually was such a
1: thing as a liberal Republican.
0: And this, of course, was con- made the convention contested. But this backfired on Ronald Reagan because the infamous Mississippi delegation <laughs> bolted. <laughs> and, of course, this was back when there were fewer primaries... And there were more of these so-called favorite sons. You know, it's interesting. I've been reading a book, The Senator from New England, The Rise of JFK, which goes into the details of his uh, political career uh, in Congress, uh, particularly his Senate career and how he sort of inch by inch set up the stage to run for the presidency in 1960. I think that's kind of what Ted Cruz is doing. He's living to fight another day. And I don't think he really cares whether he wins or loses at the end of the day. He's still going to remain a senator from Texas. He's young enough, too. That to Yeah. And uh, he would rather keep the, quote, Republican Party arch-conservative rather than have it turned over to Trump. And this, of course, is Trump's problem. Uh, I don't think this problem has gone away despite all these victories. And these victories that he had in the last couple of weeks, by the way, were in states that were favorable for him. Uh, Ted Cruz will prob- probably win Nebraska, probably win, uh, I think, Montana votes, but probably not in Indiana. I think uh, it's just going to come down to California. And once again, California, on the Republican side, is, is based on congressional districts, so you got to compete all over the state, and there are some very conservative parts of Southern California, in particular, where Ted Cruz should be able to pick up delegates. So the magic question is, does Donald Trump get to fifty percent plus one? And the answer to that question is, we don't know. <laughs> um, obviously, Cruz and Kasich have been quote mathematically eliminated. But they have not been eliminated from this political process, and there certainly are problems with it. It's interesting to note, by the way, when John F. Kennedy ran for president in uh, 1960, he announced on January 2nd of 1960 that he was going to run for president. Wow. Wouldn't it be nice if we had such a system in place today, you know, where we just eliminated... Cast a roll, no, no presidential campaign in the year before the presidential election. Uh, and I just wanted to read this one paragraph about the Indiana primary uh, in 1960. It said, after all the votes were counted in Indiana's May 3rd Democratic presidential primary, same date, same bat channel, same state, <laughs> JFK won 353,832 votes and 81% of all votes cast. Since this was a binding primary and the state Democratic Party used the unit rule, all 34 of Indiana's delegates were committed to JFK on the first ballot at the Democratic National Convention. Well, this book is about this arcane nominating process that we have. And, of course, this was back in the day when we had a lot of state delegations that were controlled by governors. Or, for instance, the Illinois delegation was controlled by Mayor Richard Daling. You had urban mayors that would control blocks of delegates. And this is how we nominated presidents back then. I heard an interesting historical fact, by the way, that the probably the two best Republican presidents in American history... Uh, were did not win on the first ballot, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln and Dwight Eisenhower. Hmm. So, uh, complaining about the system, yeah, I understand all of that. But the system has got its more more important problems. I think it's very troubling when I read a factoid that only thirty one percent of Americans can name all three branches of government. It's frightening. Thirty-one percent and ten percent. By the way, think that the Bill of Rights allows you to own a pet.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> it's it's really hard to say what's gone wrong here. I mean, they there have been cutbacks at schools. Yeah, uh, you still have to take a government class at some point. Obviously, not everybody pays attention. Most people don't care. I mean, ultimately, is what it comes down to. Uh, it, but I'd be curious to know how the votes break down from the people who think that the Bill of Rights allows you to own a pet or who can't name the three branches of government. How are they voting? Yes. And they probably aren't. And, of course, this
0: is, this is part of the problem uh, with our democracy. You know, I love many of the things that Bernie Sanders is talking about, but he, to me, he's he's talking about some of the wrong issues. He needs to be focusing, in my opinion, on the Voting Rights Act problems that we've seen. He needs to take his campaign to the Congress, which are apparently 31% of the Congress doesn't can't name all three branches of government because they won't even have a hearing for a Supreme Court nominee. As, you know, to create dysfunction in another branch of government simply to obstruct Obama is mind-boggling to me. And yet polls will show that two-thirds of Americans think Merrick Garland should have a hearing. He can't
1: even get a meet and greet with some of these bozos. It's ridiculous. Well, if the uh, tables were turned and it were Democrats who were refusing to even hear a nominee, they'd be denounced as traitors and as uh, ISIS supporters.
0: Right. And, of course, over the weekend we saw this uh, problem on the Supreme Court rear its ugly head yet again, a voting rights dispute that's about the state of Texas Mm. that's kept... All of the primaries up in, in limbo was sent back to the lower court for more hearings, even though all these appeals courts have ruled this Texas voting rights, uh, state voting rights bill unconstitutional. Now, this is very troubling. And I agree with Bernie, for instance, on panning fracking. But unfortunately, that cow is out of the barn Oh, wait a minute. It was up on M-14 in Ford Road earlier today. States are already fracking. Um, Should they be fracking? Uh, I don't think they should, at least not at the rate that they're doing. And thank God that Mayor, or excuse me, Governor Cuomo of New York led the New York legislature in banning fracking. He said, no, water is too important Now, of course, he cited recreation, tourism, the benefits to the economy in upstate New York that are derived from tourism. That's part of the service economy. Uh, But drinking water is the most important reason to ban it.
1: You'd think. You'd think. uh, That's kind of a no-brainer. It is... uh About purity of essence on uh, one level, (laughs) purity of essence, (laughs) at least I should hope that uh, we could keep the water (laughs) pure. Uh, As far as the Texas uh, voter ID laws are concerned, there's a story in Today's Times about it, and it notes that uh, recent academic research indicates that the requirements restrict turnout and disproportionately affect voting by minorities of course, is the real agenda behind the voter ID law in the first place. Sure. Despite its purported uh, guarantee to uh, prevent election fraud, which I'm not sure to what extent election fraud has ever been a demonstrable problem. But further on in the article, uh, which is by uh, Michael Wines, uh, he notes uh, in Wisconsin, Todd Alba, resigned as chief of staff to a leading Republican state senator last year after attending a party caucus in which he said some legislators were, quote, literally giddy, close quote, uh, over the effect of the state's voter ID laws on minorities and college students. And, uh, well, of course, minorities, college students tend to vote Democrat. So anything to restrict uh, turnout is seen as a victory for the Republican Party who placed their own agenda over the very democratic process which they claim to uphold. So it's uh, hard to figure how this one got by.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and of course it's been a deliberate strategy of a lobbying entity called ALEC, American Legislative, I think, Enterprise Congress. I forget the actual acronym, but it's called ALEC. There have been some really good articles over the last several years in the Nation magazine about ALEC and what, they, what they've done at the state level. And this, of course, is <clears throat> where the, the Republican power lies at the moment. And when we have these incredible disparities in turnout from presidential years to off years... It's a very very troubling situation. Uh the gridlock will probably continue. No matter who's elected.
1: Well, <laughs> uh speaking of uh rounding up in endorsements, uh, I don't know if you heard that uh Dennis Rodman and Mike Tyson have come out in in support of Donald Trump, so. Oh yeah, great. There's a couple of uh big boosts. For well, the, the- uh, The campaign there.
0: They want to join the circus. As athletes, they were part of the circus. And I don't know, the Oregon primary is coming up in a couple of weeks. By the way, I think that's a primary that Bernie will win. Oregon has the highest turnout of any state. Why? They do all their voting by mail. It's pretty simple.
1: You just send your ballot in. Well, you know, that article I just mentioned in Today's Times, another significant detail that emerges from that is the reason most people don't vote is because they're too busy. They don't have the time. Uh, Voting by mail would certainly alleviate that problem. Uh, And it would eliminate issues of computer hacking, fraud, uh, manipulating absentee ballots for instance bad weather also is uh, sometimes an impediment to being able to get out uh, to vote of course in some countries uh, election day is a national holiday certainly that idea has been floated here but uh, i don't think there's any likelihood of that happening but the oregon model is certainly admirable speaking of oregon there was a <clears throat> sta- uh, you know a big standoff there at a
0: federal fish and wildlife Preserve earlier this year by some kind of uh, right wing nuts, gun
1: militia types, yeah.
0: gun uh, freaks. I mentioned the guns because Ann Arbor, of course, has uh, elections tomorrow, and because of the insistence by some gun nuts here in the state of Michigan who insist that they be allowed to carry guns into the polling stations. And local high schools.
1: And high schools. All
0: of the schools tomorrow are closed in Ann Arbor as a safety precaution. I mean, this is the kind of country we live in.
1: Uh, The gun is sacrosanct. Voting is not. Well, you know, in Texas, of course, a uh, gun license is enough to get you in. That counts as your voter ID.
0: Yeah. It's deemed more valid than a student ID, by the way. (laughs) Uh, anyway, the United States Fish and Wildlife Service will spend about $4 million to clean, repair, and upgrade the Malher National Wildlife Refuge in Burns, which was the site of the 41-day armed occupation by ranchers. Photographs shared by federal officials show that the ranchers left a mess. <laughs> Repairing damage and removing debris is expected to take until early summer, and all the standoff will cost the agency $6 million, with about $2 million spent during the takeover, including the costs of moving the refuge's 17 employees out of town for safety to live in hotels for weeks, the director, Dan Ash, said.
1: Uh, these uh, so despite their uh, claims that it was a, a political protest, they end up behaving like some uh, local frat boys at a ski lodge. Yeah,
0: and there was a least,
1: trash a place at least one
0: one death, uh, numerous uh, violations of law and uh, they got support from some elected officials out west. all Republicans, I might add. Uh, this is, you know, the kind of dispute about grazing on federal lands, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. Uh, I've always wondered what their position on <clears throat> the land uh, that they wish to graze on. Do they uh, have any interest or any recognition that Native Americans might have Owned that land? Had a prior claim. Had a prior claim. But then they didn't have uh, any government issued IDs. Ridiculous. But then, ridiculous is how it goes. Uh, Donald Trump and his foreign policy
1: thesis. Did you note his claim that uh, China rapes the U.S. economy?
0: Yeah, that's what he he says. Um, of course, there is trade data uh, that supports the fact that America has lost manufacturing jobs since China joined the WTO. The question, of course, is are the manufacturing jobs lost, which is about 2.7 million, a result of the... Uh, WTO joining the WTO, or is it technology? Is it enhanced productivity? What's behind the details? And there it's a little murky. I just got Jim Hightower's uh, newsletter, and it's very interesting. It demonstrates, by the way, that there really was no loss of jobs as a result of, quote, NAFTA. Manufacturing jobs actually went up a little bit. But they did plummet after China was allowed to join the WTO in 2001. What's Trump's solution? He claims a 35% tariff on all goods made in China. Well, that will result in a WTO trade complaint against the United States. Sure. And we'll see what happens from there. But it strikes me that Trump's economic solution may... uh, Cost American jobs more than he realizes, and may cause more problems than he realizes. Saudi Arabia and China in Japan hold a good chunk of American debt. Mm-hmm. There may be That's, some retaliation. You'd think uh... connected with that.
1: Well, you know, it's one thing to uh, feel that uh, China holds an unfair advantage with regard to the U.S. economy. Vis-a-vis their ownership of pieces of the debt. Uh, That's something you hammer out in closed-door sessions, uh, like an actual negotiator, to openly denounce it as rape. (laughs) It's a little bizarre. Well, it's Trump's uh, ability to mix
0: uh, political rhetoric, which there's no shortage of um, on the campaign trail. I don't know if he needs a counseling session with Barney the dinosaur but might be a good idea
1: (laughs) maybe he can calm him down well I can see Barney with the Trump comb over (laughs) Uh, that could be a running mate (laughs) that could be a running mate Most el- most elected Bernie. officials
0: are fleeing for the hills, but uh, I'm well, sure uh, I'm sure he'll find a Chris
1: Christie's still sitting back there behind him on stage. And actually today I've heard, believe it or not, Marco Rubio has said oh, Marco Rubio, Marco Rubio gone, but not forgotten or forgotten, but not gone, uh, has said, well, the party really should align behind Trump. OK. Good luck with that.
0: Well, he, he, you know, denounced him as a con man. Um, <laughs> but quick, everybody, get in line. <laughs> get in line. Uh, obviously, I, I think we're still going to have a uh, <clears throat> contested convention um, in the Republican Party. We'll, we'll certainly know more tomorrow. I think that if Cruz should somehow pull an upset in uh, Indiana, I think that's all but certain. Because um, I think Cruz will do just well enough in California to prevent Donald Trump from getting to the fifty plus one. Well, dude, let's see how your negotiating skills work. Uh, I don't can't see John Kasich ever running
1: with Donald Trump. Uh, Cruz might. I can't uh, see Kasich running with Cruz either. That whole short-lived, you know, oh, let's the truce, yeah, that, very strange. That was just a non-starter. That was leaked by
0: somebody who wanted their, the other party to fail, Yeah, I think. I, I can believe that there might have been some high-level campaign negotiations that went on. And by the way, this kind of stuff has gone on in the past. This is nothing new. There's nothing rigged about the system, as, as Trump claims. The system has always been, quote, rigged to a certain extent, if that's what you want to talk about. But America doesn't have a direct democracy. It has a representative form of, of government. And, you know, I, I just wish more people would study the basics of how the system works. This, of course, is why Congress, with all of their obstructionism, is a uh, is guilty of malpractice. Uh, they're the ones that shut down the government. Right. And who can forget John Boehner uh, last week, uh, calling Ted Cruz... Lucifer in the flesh. Lucifer in the flesh.
1: <laughs> wow, that was... Uh, that
0: was <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was an eye-opener.
0: <laughs> I'm assuming that Boehner... Oh, you're ha- coming out
1: and m- saying that now?
0: ...had had a couple of cocktails before that uh, uh, public appearance that uh, took he, place at Stanford can, University. He can drink before
1: 2 in the afternoon now. He's he retired. He
0: can. <laughs> he's uh, still got the spray on tan. uh Um, canister, I'm sure. Very troubling, by the way, uh, regarding Speaker Denny Hastert, Uh, without going into too many details, uh, to me, what I find most troubling about this, this is the guy that was named Speaker of the House as a result of the Clinton sex impeachment scandal in which the Republicans couldn't figure out who was, quote, clean, unquote. And Hastert was the guy that was picked after Newt Gingrich and Bob Livingston sinned. the, The idea that this didn't come out earlier is shocking to me. And I do not understand, and this is what I find as troubling as anything, how this didn't come up in an FBI background check. Yeah. Let's be blatant about this. Kevin McCarthy who was supposed to be Speaker of the House when Boehner resigned, since we're talking about John Boehner, uh, suddenly pulled out of the race. I don't know if you remember that. He was rumored to be the odds-on favorite. He was being challenged by Trey Gowdy, leader of the Benghazi Committee, who seems to have no interest in investigating any aspects of the April 1986 bombing of Benghazi by the United States. Oh, no, Hillary Clinton is responsible for all the problems in Libya. We heard that from Trump the other day. But, uh, and and uh, Jason Chaffetz also was in the running. But it's interesting that Kevin McCarthy dropped out of the race suddenly. And I... And not going to cast aspersions against Kevin McCarthy, but I am puzzled how this did not come out earlier. Just remember that Denny Hastert shepherded the Iraq War through the House of Representatives as Speaker of the House. Heard any connections about that? Makes you wonder. Uh, very troubling stuff. And obviously... Disturbing. You'd think somebody had to know. Um, It might explain some other official actions that Denny Hastert took. Uh, Obviously, this is a troubled individual, but I find the fact that there were so many people exposed during this ludicrous sex scandal fiasco back in 1998. You'll remember that the House of Representatives rushed through the impeachment after the Republicans lost seats in the 98 election because they knew they didn't have the votes if they waited till 2009. So without having really any extensive hearings on the wisdom of the impeachment, they rushed it through the House of Representatives. It passed narrowly. Gerald Ford famously said impeachment is what a majority of the House of Representatives says it is. But with Richard Nixon, who clearly did commit serious abuses of power, the Democrats held hearings and had uh, constitutional scholars speak on this issue for quite some time 17 months. Yeah. Very, very different uh, processes there and how government works. Anyway, we'd uh, like to thank Andrew for engineering once again this evening. Your